How are you today? I'm Wallace Chapman, Samoan Language Week. Welcome to the panel, RNZ National, also on Spotify. Now, a breakdown on State Highway 1 in the Victoria Park Tunnel is blocking the left northbound lane. So Merge Right with Care expects some delays there. So that's a breakdown uh, at the Vic Park Tunnel. Also, State Highway 25, Waiheta 52, now closed due to major flooding. Do follow directions of emergency services and expect delays. Today on the panel, a change to a more aggressive policy for fleeing drivers as more offenders try to outpace the police car. That just after four. In 2021, National and Labour, they teamed up to allow buildings of up to three storeys on most sites and cities. No resource consent needed. National withdraws from that. We talk about that on the panel. And have a listen to this. Auckland has had 91% of its annual average rainfall and we're still in May. You heard that right. Don't go anywhere. That on the program. And have you experienced horrendous wait time calls, uh, horrendous call wait times, you know, when you're on the phone for an appointment or to your bank, to the IRD, wind study link, sitting there listening to the feelers. What's a wait time experience that you've had? Should there be a cutoff time? Text me, 2101. And the song whisperer today, you guess the lyrics, we've got the song. And here they are. An ocean of violence in bloom, animals strike curious poses, they feel the heat, the heat between me and you. What's the song? Text me, 2101. With me today, Sue Ketley, woman's advocate, director, author, and former Green MP. Kia ora, Sue. Kia ora, Wallace. And professor of chemistry at AUT, Alan Blackman. Alan, kia ora, welcome. Hey, Wallace. Now, to this, 70 years ago today, they knocked the bastard off. <laughs> On this day, 70 years ago, at 11.30am on the 29th of May, 1953, Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay became the first to summit Mount Everest, uh, Chomolongma, in Tibetan Sagamata, to the people of Nepal. It was a global event. Many countries had tried to reach the top from the early 1920s. We have a very special guest this afternoon on this, Mark Ingalls, mountaineer, a Paralympian, Goodwill Ambassador for the Everest Rescue Trust, Mark Kiora. How are you? How are you, Mark? I'm great, thank you. It's um, always a great day when you're celebrating something as momentous as, as Everest Day. Absolutely, and you'd have very special knowledge of this because uh, May 15, 2006, after 40 days of climbing, you became the first ever double amputee to reach the summit. And so for someone who has been at the top, I guess you can appreciate just how groundbreaking this was. Hit the front page the world over, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, but the... The real achievement on that day by Sherpa Tenzing and, and Ed was, wasn't the technical climbing. Yeah. Um, it was the it was just the fact that they stepped into a place no other human being had ever stepped into. You know, they went they, they were the first, and and in fact, by doing that, they, they effectively enabled all the rest of us to follow in their footsteps. Yeah, how did? Hillary and Norgay do it when so many others had failed. You know, there was 30 years and dozens of teams trying beforehand, Mark. 
Oh, you, you said the right word there, teams, you know, and that's re- what they really nailed. They really nailed um, a fantastic infrastructure with the right people um, collaborating in the right way, you know, and that's the thing that, that, that really enabled it, you know, because on the day, I believe they were the second-tier um, team, so you yeah. know, the first team didn't quite make it, uh, but they had a backup, and that backup was Ed and Sherpa Tenzing, and, yeah, it really is um, a credit to... The, the understanding that on, on Everest collaboration you know, really is not just success, but it's survival. A big day in many ways, Sue Kijli. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I'm equally inspired by your um, ascent, Mark, because mm. you'd lost some you know, two limbs climbing Mount Cook. And then somehow you, you picked yourself up and decided <laughs> to climb Mount Everest. So, I mean, how did you do it? I mean, I, I think your story is equally inspiring. Yeah, well, it, sort of, it certainly adds another layer of, uh, of complexity to a climb. So it is, um, as a double amputee, you can't access all the muscles and things like that, that, that um, especially with short stumps like I've got. So it's, you know, you're 20% down in power, um, but you have to climb the same speed as everyone else. You don't want to be the the slow person on the mountain and you know I've been you know I started climbing when I was like 12 you know and I was a professional mountaineer at Mount Cook so you know it's in your DNA really and you know I, I had the biggest grin you can imagine um, you know in that environment that's that's certainly my happy place. Yeah, Is that Alan. the most inspiring thing you've ever done? Gee um no one's ever sort of framed it in that way I, I, I guess so yep it's not the hardest thing I've ever done, um, but you know, in fact, coming down Everest was um, the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, but gosh, it was um, it, it, it's certainly something to reflect on when you stand on the top and you think if you look out and you think if you can do this, you know, you, you really can do so much more. It's just extraordinary to, to even think, isn't it, Alan? Mm-hmm. Um, being yeah. on the summit, and going through the Kumbu Ice Four, up the various permutations, and and then you've got that sort of final eight hundred meters. It's just yep, amazing yep. over the Hillary step and all yeah. that. Yeah, all these all these things that you hear about. But Mark, you've actually been there and and seen what it's like. And um, well, I guess you know you you did it. Um, you know, uh, ten or so years ago, or fifteen or so years ago. Um, and Hillary did it in 1953. Presumably, the gear and everything that he was using was not a patch on what you guys were using. And you know, does that make his achievement all the more impressive? Oh, it does, you know, it's, um, you know, we have front point crampons and uh, oxygen gear is a lot lighter and everything else like that now. But in, uh, in actual fact, I only shared one footstep with, with Sherp Tenzing and Ed. That was one on the summit. I climbed um, Everest from the north. Oh, wow, uh, okay. call it, We call it the Mountaineers side. And it's partly <laughs> because I didn't want the responsibility of uh, Sherpa, um, my climbing friends and... and Anyone else going through the Kumbu Icefall, it's just such a dangerous place. You know, the mm-hmm. first three Sherpa to die on Everest this year died in, in the yeah. Kumbu Icefall. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for uh, mountaineers, um, the, the north side is just so attractive. It's the footsteps of Mallory and Irvine from 1924. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a lot more technical. It's, it's harder, it's colder, it's windier. Um, 
but that just makes the uh, sense of achievement even greater. Absolutely. And just on that, as a final note, uh, as uh, we move into a new era there, Mark, there was a study recently uh, about the Kumbu Ice Fall and the future, they say, is bleak because it's very vulnerable to even minor atmospheric warming with the temperature of shallow ice already close to melting point. So I can imagine that adds another layer of danger to the Kumbu Ice Fall. Well, um, with, with global warming, you know, with our climate warming over the last 50 years of being in the mountains, uh, I've seen all of our glaciers retract. And in fact, it's, it's caused such an issue uh, on the glaciers that quite often getting to the bottom of a climb can be uh, more difficult than the climb itself. And so um, we as mountaineers see the, the, the effects of climate warming right up um, close and personal. Uh, Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on the programme. I'm sure RNZ will have you on again for a long conversation. Thank you. That is Mark Ingalls, mountaineer, Paralympian, uh, went to the top uh, on May 15th, Mount Everest. It is 5-4 and a really big response regarding call times. I've just spent 35 minutes waiting for (laughs) ACC to answer my call today. Not everyone has that much time to hang around. Do they do it on purpose? Another one says, last week, 58 minutes to Vero. Had eight calls to the receptionist. Paul Ass was in need of assistance. Don't know if it was all of New Zealand, but hopefully not. Your call waiting time stories, they're coming through. We want more. 2101. All right, time for I've been thinking. Sue Kidley. Well, Wallace, yet again at the uh, Labour Party Congress this weekend, the Prime Minister was introduced as, quote, our most down-to-earth, sausage-roll-eating, diet-coke-drinking Prime Minister. <laughs> now, I happen to think that Chris Hipkins, he's doing an incredibly well, I think, in his new role. I get that the party's trying to position him as an ordinary bloke, you know, the ginga from the hut and so forth. I've got no the problem what? with that. The, the ginga the, from the, the hut, the, that's what is, they say. Is, is, who says? Are you allowed to say I'm that? Get, I'm <laughs> going to get the text now. But, you're going to get. You're going to go off into the ether. I'm going to get the text but saying anyway, you're allowed Wallace, the ginga. Can we please yeah. drop the endlessly repeated sausage roll and diet coat lines? Because the Prime Minister, he's a role model, and it's not good role modelling to see him endlessly consuming sausage rolls and drinking Diet Coke, and nor can it be good for his health. Because, I mean, we've got a health crisis in New Zealand. Poor it's just a cheeky it. sausage roll. No, and the, the reality is consuming time. large amounts of sausage rolls and diet, it's extremely unhealthy. Wallace, a quick Google search will reveal Diet Coke. It's incredibly acidic, addictive. It contains additives. It's been linked, uh, this additive aspartame. It's been linked with everything from blurred vision, memory loss, anxiety, headaches, even seizures. And we don't want our Prime Minister but, suffering from any of those but symptoms. His, but that's, so but if that's the Prime Minister choice. wants to be a good role model, if he wants to preserve his health, and it particularly, Wallace, if he wants to be in peak condition to contest the upcoming election, I think he needs to ditch the Diet Coke, cut back on his sausage rolls. Maybe he could even bring in a nutritionist to um, introduce him to a slightly more healthy eating plan. I've just got to come back on this. Um, The fact that every time you see Chris Hipkins, he has a sausage roll in his mouth, is up to him. 
Of course it is, but he is a role model. And why do we endlessly go on it, go on about it, almost as though we're glorifying right. it, almost as though this is somehow to be greatly admired? Panel family, are you sick to the back teeth of seeing Chris Hipkins with a sausage roll in his mouth? And Diet Text Coke. Me. Okay, and Diet Coke. <laughs> Two, one, zero, one. Alan. Ooh, aspartame. So, so we want him to drink the full sugar coke, do we? Then in that case, no, we sugar, don't. Need sugar's that natural. Chemist, natural. just drop the coke altogether, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alan. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Anyway, education. I, t- I think about education a lot. Um, I've been thinking about St Cuthbert's College here in Auckland, who have made the very brave decision to ditch NCA Level One, and um, they're going to have a Level Five diploma for their um, what used to be the fifth form, I guess. Um, and that will give them, according to Justine Mann, the principal, six more weeks of teaching time from time spent on t- internal assessment and exam leave, um, which is a heck of a lot of time. Um, and that's going to allow them to go in more depth. Uh, they get more teaching time so they can teach better. Um, I'm all for it. This was. Okay, you are? I am, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yes, very much. We'll have to explore the sausage roll issue took up far too much time. <laughs> I apologize. Sorry about that, Dan Wallace. <laughs> Education's yeah, just secondary. Yeah, I you've know. Exploded, <laughs> you've exploded the text machine <laughs> so casually. Okay, you're on the panel, RNZ National. Sue Kesley, Alan Black with me. Happy Monday.